thanks for joining us for the second episode of Creative Conversations. Today, I'm joined with Mimi Spendiff, a visual artist who's currently studying uh, the BA photography course at the University of West of England. Thank you for joining me, Mimi. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you ha for having me. So, yes, it's a, good, it's a good experience. I don't know, just, you know, general talking, but... No, I've been looking forward to it. I mean, you've been talking about it for a while, so it's nice to finally kind of be working out, you know, getting out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, do, do you want to just jump right into it, I, I guess? like. Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. You know, th this episode is dedicated to you, and we're going to talk a lot about you and your work and the kind of things you've been doing, and we're going to kind of talk about the specifics of certain images you've been using and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So in, in terms of you as a photographer, uh, what, what's your photography story? Like, how did you get to where you are now? Um, so I, I, I suppose it all began with uh, A-levels for me. I kind of, I was always a creative person, but I didn't really focus on it till I decided to do photography at A-levels and we had a dark room at the school. We were really lucky and just kind of started from there. And I went on to do a foundation um, in art and did lens-based media. And that was just such an exciting time for me. I just felt like it kind of all made sense, you know, to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of began with, for me, it was quite therapeutic doing art, I suppose. I was kind of, you know, I hated school, hated it. So I think being <laughs> able to kind of do art and have that outlet was, was, you know, really important for me. So yeah, kind of, and then I did my foundation um, and then went on to apply for UE. And yeah, that's kind of how I got to that point with it. And do you feel like you've made, uh, like, like do, do, do you see yourself making like uh, kind of like a, a big transition or like, have you seen yourself progress in the time that you were studying oh, at A-level in comparison to now? Yeah, 100%. I think the, just the way I approach everything is completely different. But, you know, it's interesting to look back on kind of where I was and, and that development. Um, the things I'm interested have interested in have you know changed vastly. I think just, but that's part of the journey, I suppose, is is what you're interested in and and the changes and the nuances. Um, you know, going from kind of more documentary work to now more sort of abstracted work is 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 where I'm at. Um, yeah. And 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 I don't know. Like I know before you were working on more documentary style photography mm -hmm. and documentary based um mm. so, so what 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 made you want to switch up and you know move to abstract um well I think when I started at UE you know that in the first year we were doing you do lots of kind of different um workshops and I'd, I'd never really fully worked in film I was kind of always kind of scared I'd hold myself back from doing it it was probably a confidence thing and then I just started working more with that and developing and I just became so interested with like shapes and buildings and kind of this like you know our connection with space and that was something that I was seeing coming through in my work a lot more um you know more singular images not necessarily necessarily projects you know mm -hmm. just just things I was drawn to in the outside world and I'd be like oh look at that space like that's interesting and be like what it's a door do you know what I mean yeah um, so 
that kind of translated and as you know through second year exploring that um with different project ideas and, and now into much more of an abstracted space where it's it's i'm really at the moment specifically looking at human interaction in space and you know how our bodies interact in the space and and kind of the objects we have around us and how they can kind of become these you know abstract pieces i think and, and fitting into it like a form so yeah that's kind of my journey with that i suppose that's where i've kind of come to at the moment and, and what are some of the the things you enjoy from you know making abstract work at the moment i just love seeing things you know seeing objects and people in spaces and turn, trying to see it in a different way you know like it's not a different form so it can kind of in the sense that it can be quite painterly or it can be quite you know it can reference kind of different things not just like oh it's a, it's a limb in a space or it's an object in a space it can it can visually change the way we look at things and i think that's what interests me you know getting kind of people looking at something and being like oh that's not what i would see or look at or get out of that usually you know um yeah I think that's where I'm not sure where the fascination with it comes from, but it's just seems to be just keep cropping up in my kind of consciousness and my images. It's just it's always there, even if I'm trying to just focus on a more documentary practice. I'm like looking at abstract space and abstract shapes, you know. And do you feel like abstract photography as a, as a whole will become more, you know, say popular in the future? So I think yeah I, th I think we're moving to you know visual art and photography we're surrounded by a lot of commercial imagery a commercial work and I think we're looking for different language through our imagery now because the lines are so blurred between documentary still like you know so it's it's evolving into this kind of whole different thing where they're all kind of combined so I think that's why abstract imagery and, and work is, is so important now because it's communicating something new, I suppose. And it's exciting because those lines are being blurred. So we're not, we're not, you know, confined to one sort of practice. It can be, it, it can evolve, you know, into something else, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like an open question. Um, in your in your opinion, what what makes a good picture? Oh God, um, <laughs> I think you know there's not one way of making a good picture. I think it's so difficult because it's really down to your style and and how you perceive the image. Right, I think as long as the there's some sort of thought process behind it, there's some sort of kind of something that's driving you to make that picture. I think to me, that's what is at the core of that. Because if you're drawn to something and you're trying to document it in a way that, you know, someone else might not look at and document, I think that makes a good picture. I mean, it's, it's really difficult to pinpoint that for me personally, what necessarily makes a good picture. But yeah, that kind of, that drive to make that one, that image, you know, take that photo, I think for me is it's yeah kind of looks at that you know or and, I'm, 
And I also guess in some ways, um, like m- making a good picture depends on the the style the style you like, you know, the the style the kind of style you make or the style of work you make it depends on the circumstances of the person or the you know the 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 technique um, to to the individual um, and the viewing circumstance, you know, to, yeah. depending on how you're viewing it. I think we view pictures in you'd look at something in a different way if you're in a different mood. I don't know, you know, it, 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 all of these environmental factors affect it. So it's not necessarily for me making a good picture. It's just, it's, if you're driven to do something and take that picture, I think that kind of says something in itself, you know, because <laughs> you're drawn to something there. There's something there that's inspiring you and, and making you create, you know? And, and would you say that, making a good picture necessarily means that you have to have meaning behind it or you know like some kind of initial inspiration in order to making the work like like what are the fundamentals of making a good picture i think having inspiration behind your work i mean you know it's like anything if you start a project or if you're just shooting for yourself or just a whatever i think is there steps you need to take in order to make a good photo? That's what kind of I'm, I'm asking. Is there like certain guidelines you have to follow? I think if you begin to limit yourself within that process, so I think if I go in with like a project idea and I'm limited to working within that, I, I think actually that can hold you back. I think it's quite good if you can go in and just, you know, have an idea. I think having an idea is important. But I think also being able to just be free in your work, if you're limiting yourself, you're, you're not realising that full kind of potential, you know, because you're giving yourself those boundaries. So I think always having an idea, you know, a kind of backbone to it all. But I think being able to then kind of explore like, a, you know, go off in like a spider's web of kind of that's really integral to you developing your work. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there's necessarily one thing that makes a good picture for me. But I think having that exploration is part of that image. You know, there's there's a movement behind it, behind the scenes, but you just you're working out as you go. And and would you say that photography as a as a whole is that is like is that its peak right now in comparison to years before when you know we didn't we that we weren't up to date with the new technologies around us and you know there wasn't so much in a sense, creativity. I feel like there's more creativity now than there was before. Well, like I previously mentioned, I think, again, those boundaries are blurred. So you can explore, you you can do whatever you want with photography in a sense. You could go and turn it into a graphical piece or you can screen print, you can, you know, and no one's looking at it kind of going on. You should be, be staying in your lane we're living in a time where we can be so ambitious creatively and realize things that maybe before people might not have wanted to explore. You know, I think we're, we're searching for that, those new creative outputs because, you know, it's readily available for us to just kind of take on, I think. Um, so that's really exciting because I feel like that is integral as well to the development. photography and art like you're it's changing it's evolving so making work in in that kind of way is is what makes it exciting you know and new i think um 
yeah because that language is, is is just evolving so so since uh like you know, as you're aware you know photography techniques and equipment is changing quite quickly yeah is it important for you to stay up to date like kind of what, what do you do to always keep up with the times in terms of photography and well i'm always trying to you know read new things um you know we've got so many fantastic websites out there that are just you know people lots of art being documented it's also easier for us now to to find this information right so we're kind of sport for choice in the sense that you know we can access this visual language so much easier and i think as the years have gone i've, I've found myself inspired by different things now whether that be text and essays or readings and also you know visual imagery film i think you can take so much away from each one of those so i'm, I'm always trying to kind of keep you know up to date with that whether that be through i don't know websites you know you've got nowness you've got all these different things instagram is quite you know i i do use instagram i don't love instagram but i i do use it um because i it's interesting to kind of connect with different artists and and be present on it but also com conversations i think i i'm lucky enough to have you know creative people around me who who are always asking questions and, and are intrigued and i think that in itself is you know amazing i think being able to have conversations with people who challenge you and challenge your own thought process and you're like oh you know you come away from it with a, bit, a different point of view that's where i get probably my most you know most of my inspiration to be honest just conversations with people um yeah i'm just picking up on something you said uh early on of that response yeah. you're saying how you don't love instagram yeah so, so why don't you love instagram I mean, I say that I probably spend quite a lot of time on it. So, um, I do. Do you, I love Instagram because you can access all this so quickly, right? You can see different photos. You can, you know, people putting their work out there, and it, it's really cool to see. And you see different people like achieving things, and it's like fab, and it's so interactive. But at the same time, I'm accessing it in a way that I know I can just put it down straight after, and it's like it's a quick fix. Whereas if I'm focusing on reading something or looking on a website, you know, looking something up, then I'm, I'm more kind of in tune with it rather than just picking it up to quickly have a look, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, both are, both are really important for development, creative development. And I think just keeping in touch with what's going on in the creative world, news-wise, but they definitely provide different things for sure you know uh, and do you feel like uh instagram as a platform is a good say for example in our case you know we both don't have websites do you feel like instagram is a good place as like a start off kind of like portfolio to document yeah. your work yeah i think you know i say this i i do love instagram <laughs> i'm probably <laughs> contradicting myself I, it's a love-hate relationship you know i think Instagram for me, I try not to take it too seriously with, with my artwork. Although I probably do, you know, this is it. It's like, bang, bang, it's like, it's a fighting thing, but it's what I find fun is being able to just upload stories or upload this, just things I've seen that I'm not, you know, 
just quick observations that I've been intrigued by, but not necessarily want to share on my website. You know, websites feel quite final sometimes. So I think it's it's a good way of just putting something out there to the world, but also just realizing it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it is a good platform. It is a good platform, I think, to have. But I just think it's being wary of that information and how much you take on board, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and would you say you've collaborated with many other artists through, you know, you know, this is not a sponsor, we're not sponsoring Instagram here, but... <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. How, how, would you say you've collaborated with many artists over the years? Um, not, not directly, no. I, ha- I, have no, I haven't really um, done any collaborative work. Well, I've been in the talks of doing it with my housemate for a long time. We've been talking about like, you know, she, she um, paints and we were like, oh yeah, we're gonna do that. You know, since first year, we've been saying it. But it's finding the time, you know, to do it. But I've, it's something that I'd love to do, I think. And it, I'm sure it's going to happen. But it's just when when and if it's right you know I, I'm kind of a big believer in it will it will just happen when it's kind of meant to happen I suppose so but I'd love to kind of collaborate with people who who are working in different mediums and, and bring those two together I think because I think you know there's power in a group of people who are who are trying to say something and working that out together like I said having conversations with people is one of the best ways of learning for me and and being able to translate that together with your art is so powerful, I think. Um, but I can't say I've done it to this day, you know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something I'd love to explore, yeah. Because I, I was going to recommend one of the, 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 there's a like a, it's called The Dots, basically. It's a collaborative space for creatives. Mm-hmm. And it's, people are constantly uploading and posting wanting to collaborate with others and they you know this it's basically instagram but more like in like a formal setting oh cool and people like do long blog posts What's and they again, you know sorry? it's called the dots yeah, nice. um and in in some way it's like linkedin because you have your own profile you can write all you know your you write all your details in there and you can add your own what you can do you can you can upload your own project. So create a, a project yeah. folder. Yeah. And then, you know, people will just come view your work. Like it will just come up in, in the feed, like kind of automatically in a sense. Um, oh, and yeah. it, it, I don't know, you just end up having really interesting conversations with people and they don't actually know at all. It's just because, you know, that the, they find something in your work that they, there's like a common interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't yet to, collaborate with anyone on it purely because of COVID um, yeah, yeah but I've had a lot of detailed conversations with people on there just about work about are you say you have a question about your project you're working on you post it and people reply to it so it's basically like it's basically Facebook and it's all I don't know it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's really Facebook but it's like yeah it's Facebook but you know you actually get responses yeah <laughs> yeah oh it sounds really cool I have to look into it yeah, yeah. I just thought recommend that to you yeah, thank you so so in your free time what what kind of pictures do you like to shoot and, and what kind of images do you try to avoid um um i'm again it, it, it 
I shoot pretty much anything. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really, I don't, I try not to restrict myself too much. I don't love shooting portraiture. That's something that I've always really battled with. Um, you know, when you study photography as well, I feel like you should be shooting portraiture. But like, you know, obviously there's no one telling you to shoot it, but you're like, oh, it should be. But you don't have to. You know, I think I just am attracted to different things. I don't know whether it's a building, it's a, I don't know, a bit of leftover wheel from a bike. I don't, you know, it's anything. I will just shoot anything pretty much. Um, I kind of approach it in a in a way where it's like, just not too seriously in, in my spare time that is but I also I do a lot of drawing and painting in with my photography so usually if I'm not shooting that's I'll be translating my images through drawings so I usually do a lot of outline work you know again very focused on space and how the space looks and and the shapes and the shadows in those spaces um you know I'd say I'm quite obsessed with form so that's probably what I'm drawn to most but I, I there's nothing that I massively avoid, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and you said you said before how you know we we briefly spoke about this yesterday, um, yeah. but we're going to go and go into it more now. So you, yeah. you said how you felt while you're still currently on the course, but you felt while being on the course mm-hmm. that you that you should shoot portraiture. Mm-hmm. What, what what gave you that kind of like instinct? I think it's just, you know, you, you see a lot of portraiture on the course. You see some amazing portraiture on the course. You see it from guest speakers. You see it in books you read. You do a theory on it. Um, and I think we even did a thing where we had to go out and shoot portraits. I'm <laughs> just being like, God, crap, what am I going to do here? Like, <laughs> I think I went out and took pictures of bins. I'm not going to lie. Because it was just like, that's not me. You know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm happy to shoot portraiture, but at this stage of my life, it's not something I'm focusing on, you know. I think there's just, portraiture's, you know, such an amazing form in itself. It's like, you, it can say so much. But because a lot of people are focusing on it on the course, which is great, you know, that's fine. I think with abstract photography more, it's kind of, it's a whole, it is a different thing, you know? And I feel like where everything else is kind of getting blurred, portraiture can kind of get lost in that, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm not quite sure where it comes from necessarily. It's probably, it's probably just from my foundation, just not focusing on portraiture and, you know, it, it all comes from that really I think and yeah because I understand that you know like based on my experiences I, I completely relate to where that kind of like gut instinct has come from yeah I think we it, both both had the same kind of experience with that you know like we were saying yeah because it, it sorry <laughs> go on go on I was I was gonna say it, it feels like the norm. Like you see it everywhere. You see it. I feel like uh, I'm I'm not you know I'm not dissing the course in any way. Mm-hmm. Oh God, but, no, yeah. But you, you know it, it is. Yeah. You know, predominantly in the course, people are constantly making portrait photography. It's always on Instagram and it's always on you know the 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 
Facebook pages and the the, the websites or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you, you, you find yourself in a position where you, you tend, you know, you don't intentionally compare, but you tend to compare to other it's photographers. It's like a subconscious thing, you know, you're just, mm-hmm. you're aware that it's there and that you're not shooting portraiture. So that's kind of stressful because you, I'm not, I don't think about, you know, I don't sit up at night thinking, oh God, I've got to shoot portraiture. I, but it, it's there, it's subconscious. I'm like, oh, I'm aware that I'm not shooting any portraits, you know. But that shouldn't have to come into that practice. And I think, like I said, with the guest speakers, a lot of them, you know, shoot portraiture and it's that is so inspiring. And I remember there was one talk um, with a guy called Tom Lovelace. Mm-hmm. I think you were still there at, at uni. I'm not sure if you saw it. And um, that was a really, really cool um, lecture because he, you know, he does abstract stuff. You know, he does quite a lot of different things, sculptural and, I remember being like, oh, this is cool. You know, there's like abstract art like, or like more abstracted images. And I, you know, that difference, I think, again, that, that line is being blurred, but it's, you know, it's still a slow process. I think we're always working on it, but I think it just changed, it's changing, but yeah. Because yeah. t- talking about guest speakers, I remember... Mm. This is kind of an origin story of how something became a thing. Yeah. Um, so I remember while I was at uni, I, I had a massive, I didn't have a massive issue with it, but I noticed whenever we had guest speakers, yeah, we would rarely have black guest speakers on. Right, right. And for me, yeah. that was a problem yeah. because I was like, sure, what, sure. What, why, why is this not a thing already? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I knew it wasn't like a, you know that they're intentionally being racist or whatever it was just kind of like it just happened like that but so yeah. I, I i i spoke to sean about it he he was in full agreement with me because he he hadn't noticed it he, he hadn't come to his mind um right that's interesting uh, you, i'm sure you're in the practitioners of color facebook page yes yes i am so that's how that's how that came about oh based on that conversation i had with sean and then he went to senior leadership and spoke to them about it yeah yeah um so i I like because i'm not there anymore i'd like to hope that we are actually getting on you know black artists to come on speak because i think it's important that from from both from both sides you know that there's happening you know there's change bristol's definitely you know been at the forefront of a lot of the protests and quite rightly so um it's you know it it's difficult there's it I didn't know that that was had come about that way you know so it's interesting you're telling me and I, I find that brilliant that you you know um because because I you know usually I'm not one to you know e- even though I'm black you know you, you meet some black people who are like really proud of their heritage or you meet some black people who want to support you know their, their ethnic background yeah yeah and I'm 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 the kind of person who's just on the fence who doesn't like to say much because I'm aware that I feel like there's sometimes pressures to to say things. For example, right. when when the Black Lives Matters movement began, yeah, yeah, I felt quite pressured to to post my views online because not n- not necessarily that I was against it. It's just that because I'm black, I, I you know I should I should have to post something. Like that shouldn't be the expectation. So a lot of the time, I'm quite on the fence about things. I I I, I don't say anything because mm-hmm. I feel like I shouldn't have to in a sense. If I, you know, yeah. I, I, I have my opinions, 
you know, I, I, for example, I didn't go to any protests during that time, not because I didn't want to go. No. But because, you know, I, I could equally have the same views and stay at home or I could have the same views or do something online. We, so, you know, everyone has their different ways of, of being an activist and being involved and not just an activist, but, you know, it, it's something that it's so <laughs> difficult because it's like everyone has their own ways of, of accessing this and, and talking about it and communicating about it. So I think with Instagram, you know, it, it was such a great platform for, for, you know, just getting this out everywhere as it should be, you know, right. It should, it shouldn't even be a thing, but it is. And, and yeah, I think everyone had their own ways of going about that and taking that information and part, you know, making, trying to make a movement and a change and just putting it out there. Cause I think that that was what, kind of I felt you know about it mm -hmm. um yeah uh, you know I just thought it kind of went into yeah. this kind of conversation went into something else but um yeah it's quite important <laughs> it's quite important to me because I I, I rarely talk yeah. about it well it's, it's hugely important hugely important um you know there's no question about that I think it's just that the language around it I I'm you know I'm still learning myself I'm, I'm learning talking about it and communicating it so mm -hmm. it's I just think it, I, I find it fascinating that we're at a, a place, you know, we're, we're at a stage in our lives where we're now tackling this. We should have tackled this ages ago. Like, sure. I don't, that, it kind of, it pisses me off in a sense because I'm like, pe people know wrong from right and people know when not to say something and set to say something. I feel like. Yeah. And I think we're at a time now where as well, young people are, so much more you know we kind of have we're so much more open to to everything the world has to offer because I think we're very aware of of the damage we're doing just in everything we do right everything we do our, our personal interactions our physical interactions with the world so I think we're at a generation where we are able to to change that language right mm. and we've developed so fast that that the fact that that language isn't up to where you know we are here in the modern world is just bizarre it's 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 really crazy to think about but from your perspective even more I can't even imagine it's you know it's must be so frustrating in that sense you know having to just go and and, and start a page for practice you know those things are all kind of part of this catalyst of it you know like you know, there, 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 we can make change. I think if ever now, I mean, if if we can't, it's just so. It, it should be this time, you know. If it should be. It should have been way before, but now is the the time to do it. You know, the time to talk about that and have these uncomfortable conversations as well, like with yourself, with everyone. You know. Because, because I do, I do agree with you. I do think now is the best time. Like I think, you know, obviously during COVID, I think the when the black lives matters movement happened or has been happening it was the best time to do it because everyone could actually a lot of people made that their second focus or their first focus or whatever um i just think it's i i i, I just find it fascinating how for example we're able to you know we're, we're at a, a place in our lives where we're able to travel to different planets but we can't resolve racism yeah 
Yeah. And it's not yeah. even like it's not even. It's not even a. In my mind, it's not a difficult thing to solve. Bloody bizarre! It really is. I. I. Yeah. Baffles me. Baffles me. You know. Um. It's and it's so hard to not. You don't don't sound ignorant. You don't. You know. You're. This is about you saying it. I. I can't describe it. I'm, it I'm it's really like it's not. It's not even about me wanting yeah. to feel equal. It's yeah. not even about no, me not no. wanting to you know experience racism encounters it's just why why are we at this stage in our lives it doesn't make yeah, sense for sure for sure yeah but i don't know this is a we, we should save this for another time i think but <laughs> that <laughs> no, can go I, on I, yeah i i'm just taking you know everything you're saying on board really i think i rarely get to talk about it so th- this is sure. quite nice for me um, yeah of course of course this is what that's the whole point this is how you how it changes by having conversations you know having conversations with people that are racist you know having (laughs) uncomfortable i've had conversations and and not just it's it's about that communication because clearly we need to communicate this you know and, and and that's what I mean by having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't relate to that direct prejudice, right? You can have the conversation about it, and you can try try at least to understand it, because that's the best. That's the only way we can kind of work on that, I suppose. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. But yeah, let, let's let's talk more about you now because we're <laughs> a big chunk of talking about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do, do you think there's a difference between a professional photographer and say a person who just likes to take photos like a hobby kind of photographer I think yeah I think if you're I mean it's, it depends how you're looking at photography right so it, it, it's um if you're studying it you're you're I suppose you're looking at a lot more the context of photography the theory um you know if you're a hobby photographer it, it might be just something that you do as a therapeutic thing or you're just interested right and there's nothing wrong with that but when, when you're studying or you're looking at the different contexts involved, you are accessing a different part of it because you're viewing something that that hobby photographer might look at a picture you take and, and think, oh God, that's not very, you know, good. Because they maybe are looking at photography in a completely different context. Um, you know, it, 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 it all depends. I mean, that's relevant to everything, I think. It could be, you know, you're a commercial artist or you're a fine artist, I think you're looking at different contexts there's different languages you're seeing and saying different things through your images um we're gonna we'll talk a bit more about your instagram account mm-hmm. so on your instagram account you don't have many uh, quite you don't have many photos but you have i feel like you have enough yeah <laughs> it's, it's been a, a it's been purge process i've gone through it a lot before i think everyone does that you, mm-hmm. know, you post something you hide it you archive it whatever um yeah I try to keep it updated but you know it's 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 something that I don't want to try and put pressure on I think if I want to post I want to post like if I don't want to post I don't want to post you know it was in 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 your last podcast I Mary mentioned you know this pressure of feeling like you've got to always have something out there right Mm -hmm. someone you, you people have got to know that you've always got something going on Again, that's something that I'm very aware of. And, and maybe something a year and a half ago I was naive to in the sense that I'd be like, oh, I've got to be doing that and I've got to be doing this. And again, with the portrait, I've got to be doing that. Whereas now I'm trying to, and you know, 
I'm getting to a different point in my kind of creative process um, in third year. And I feel like I'm just posting out as of when, you know, what I like, what I feel. It's not, not necessarily for others. It's, it's just putting it out there. So I know it's out there, you know, um, because also getting it out there isn't, isn't like a kind of reward. It's just, it's having it there and materialized. It's almost like a little exhibition space, you know, it's like, I can see it. It's curated to me. I've curated that. And that's what I love as well. Images curated together. So that, that it's, it's that kind of thing for me, I suppose, in a way, it sounds quite selfish really, but. No, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable because like the most common thing that people have said to me when I've asked about them uploading on Instagram or just the general feeling is that sometimes it, it can become overwhelming and, and I yeah. find it especially in first year I remember you know everyone posting their things and you know as the years go on you get to know your course mates and and it, your tutors and you're not it doesn't bother you as much when I think in first year like oh, I've got to be putting out work I've got to be churning this out it's like a machine right you're like churn it out like put all the work everywhere and it's like, oh, it's not good enough to go up, you know, but I think you're restricting yourself, you know, you're restricting yourself. It, it's, it's your curation space to create this kind of little gallery of work. And, and that's cool, you know. And I guess right now you're, you're in a position or your mindset, you don't share work for, I'm assuming you don't share work for others, you share work for yourself. That, that explains why you post kind of when you want to post, not kind of yeah. for others expectations i you know it i'd be ignorant to say it's not for others because there probably is a part that is for getting my work out there obviously for for people to see but i think what i'm trying to say is it's it's not being uploaded to then have like likes or you know i'm doing it because i'm like oh, i want to get it up so i can see what they're like next to each other and and have my kind of thought process out there that makes sense mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah I suppose it is mainly for me but then you know it is for others I suppose it's for friends and other creatives who are interested in what I'm doing I suppose you know um yeah when I spoke to Mary last week we spoke mm -hmm. about like be, being in the industry and, and the point in which you feel you're within the creative industry mm -hmm. Would you say that you're in the creative creative industry right now, or would you say that you know, for example, in, in Mary's case, she was saying how I would only be in the industry once I have a job in the industry. A student doesn't count. So, what's your views on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd I'd probably agree. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm within the industry mm -hmm. right now because I'm making a lot of personal work. Um, industry the industry kind of represents to me not as much personal work depending on how lucky you are to get your work out there if you can work freelance or you are you know represented by you know a group I think yeah the industry is one of those things that you build three years up at uni and kind of is quite a scary thing at the end you feel like you're entering like some kind of I don't know this it's it's it just goes on and on but there's so many different ways to approach it because there is so many different jobs you know there's so many different things to do if you want to you know if you have the effort if you have the the drive to do it I suppose but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say I feel like I'm in the creative industry right now no. mm -hmm. but but that's I think integral to your development because you're you 
this personal development over the last three years has been the most inspiring time of my life so far you know as it should be so I'm quite lucky you know I'm, I'm very aware I'm lucky to study and have these opportunities and be supported in my creative process you know so having that and that space over those three years to have feedback and talk with your friends and your peers and be in a creative space is is needed I think otherwise we'd just kind of be in this big machine all the time just creating work if that's what you do you know yeah I, I agree it's very valuable I it, it's an experience that I have in the last sort of especially since lockdown you know actually I was at home you know finalizing my project for the second year which was on um, uh, bird watchers in in Bristol and I just loved just working in this I had this little desk out the back and they're kind of it's lovely and I had the sun coming in you know and it, it was it was all personal work it felt really personal it wasn't for anyone else really apart well it was being graded of course and, and marked or whatever um but it was very personal because it was all what I wanted it was every choice you know my choice and that was your creative process but that's what that's about you know it's about have, making those decisions and it builds you and what you like and your style you know and and do you feel like having say you didn't go to university do you feel like university is just like has helped you to progress as an individual yeah 100 percent. i i i'm very big advocate for it i i think the knowledge you gain is so powerful just be, being able to as well you know articulate articulate yourself in a way where you know I felt like wasn't possible before so I'd have these kind of thoughts and and these ideas right but I wasn't able to express them because I didn't know what they were if that makes sense you know the context of them I didn't have anything to back it up with knowledge wise so as I'm kind of going forward forward over the three years I'm realizing these ideas and going, oh yeah, there's a there's a meaning behind that, or there's there's kind of readings behind that that make make it makes sense, and that's really powerful. That's been something that I've been like, wow, this is this is you know, I'm realizing things about my work and myself that I wouldn't have been able to before, you know. Mm -hmm. mm. And do you feel like obviously for people that are, I think or next year or maybe this year applying for university do you think it's become more easier for people to go to university prior to I guess before what before lockdown or just in general I, I guess COVID, sorry. I, I, I'd say before just like wh when we were younger for example like when our parents were going you know out in the world and stuff do you think it's much more easier for people to go to university uh, then or now or was it you know vice versa you know what I think the conversations I've had with say my mom who went to university and stuff I mean they obviously had less tuition fees and stuff I think young people with the government we got now just I think just take what you can kind of get with it <laughs> to be honest because it's a way of being heard and listened to because I don't think we are listened to most of the time in the in the world and by especially by our government you know so being able to study and being able to challenge them through that, if you can, if you are at, have access to that, 
I think just go for it because it's so valuable, you know? I, I don't necessarily think it's harder or easier. I think it's, for me, it seems the same. Um, you know, university was always something that I would, I didn't love academia, that wasn't a thing, but like I, I knew, I was like, oh, I, I, there's something about, you know, I wanna go to university. Um, but it had to be something I loved, you know, which I was lucky enough to, to find. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily easier, you know. You know, a lot, a lot more people are going to university. I think a lot more people probably know what they want and maybe don't feel like, you know, they have to necessarily go and, and do a job they, they're not, you know, that passionate about, you know. Because mm -hmm. I, I would say, kind of based on my experiences, Obviously, when I, you know, I was at another university even before I came to you. Um, yeah, you mentioned this yesterday. I was, I was intrigued. I didn't ask, but yeah. So I, I, yeah. You know, I, I was. I, I spoke about this briefly in the in the last episode. But I was <laughs> studying acting at another university. Yeah. And then because I did photography at A level, mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to drop the acting, I, I decided to come to you. Um, but I remember. In, term, in terms of actually applying and, you know, in, in terms of it being easier, I, you know, I didn't even have the grades to get into the course. Yeah. But, it's, right. but you know, based on my work alone, they, they let me in. I feel like that's what kind of like some, you know, people that are applying for creative courses kind of need to realise a lot of it has to do with your work and not, it's not based 100%. on your grades. 100%. If, if you're taking in your work and, and, you're passionate enough about it to to say, you know, this is me. This is what I want to learn. I want to I want to take this on another journey, on another level. You know, they can see that. They can see if you're ready and and, and want to explore that. You know, it's like anything. It's mm -hmm. not. I don't think creative subjects in that sense, when they come down to to you know being marked and and what you show when you leave your foundation or whatever, it's, it isn't necessarily a reflection of you creatively it might be you know could be your effort maybe on the work or or for them or whoever's marking but yeah I don't think it's a reflection of you and your your process at all at all mm -hmm. yeah and and why do you think why do you think the creative industries is looked down upon just generally <laughs> um what is it it is kind of seen as this kind of I think people forget how integral it is to everything we do, you know? It's everywhere. Like we use creative, our TV, like the programs that are made on there, the documentaries, you know, when you start saying it to people who, like we were saying yesterday, when people ask you, you know, like, oh, why do you do photography? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they don't realize that sometimes it's in everything we do. And that's fair enough because it's not something maybe, you know, they want to look at or focus on every day, but like, I, I'm I'm not sure why it's it's kind of not looked down upon, but not seen as important because there's there's been so many things lately as well actually where, um, you know, the, it was seen as like the creative industries, you know, they were like oh retrain or so, you know, I'm not sure when that was put out there, but it was like retrain if you're in the creative industries. I think it's maybe because art has been and had so many different messages over the years. And it is 
so important to how we communicate in the world and the change that happens you know whether it's political social so so maybe it's because it, it it's some sort of threat to people because it can be quite unknown because it can you can't necessarily predict what you're going to make art wise or what people are going to say with their messages right so I think for some people that can be quite scary especially people in power I think mm-hmm. so I'm going on a tangent here but <laughs> um yeah I think that's maybe why you know it's it is deemed as this thing it, yeah I'm not quite sure I, I go on and on I'll just ramble no that's fine because because I'm <laughs> while, that you're, while you're speaking I'm I'm thinking of what to say back which isn't sure. really long um yeah but th- you, you know what I'm saying with that I think it's like art has said and and changed so many things I mean we could write a book on it I mean there's probably books on it you know that's it, it's a hot, huge list um and I think that's where that kind of thing comes from. It's just like, oh, well, we don't know what's going to be next. We don't know what's going to, you know, it's unpredictable in that sense because there's so many artists out there and people creating and changing the language of our world through art. And I believe it is that. That's one of the most important things, you know, out there, really. No, I do, I do agree. I think, you know, you are right to say that in some way creativity is unpredictable and it's mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's quite scary because you never know what to expect but i think the world we live in is being in some ways you know like a, a big percentage of the the world we live in is is made up of creativity like yeah. kind of if we didn't have it if, if we were without it where we, I, don't, I, I don't i can't even visualize where we would be well even our buildings everything in our buildings Everything in our space, everything you know, around—that's all creative, right? But, you know, there'll be no advertising, no TV, no film, no galleries, none of that. What would you do on a Friday night? You know, no X Factor. You know, no, no <laughs> oh, gigs, yeah. no music. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think I think a lot of people what they don't realize is that creativity isn't just art and it isn't just photography. It's it's literally it's literally everything. <laughs> like there'll be no architect architects if, if there were no creativity, you know, like that that wouldn't be a thing. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, it's all and around. There, and there'll be no ideas, there'll be no there'll be no business plans, there'll be no, you know, like property investment, there'll be none of that. Mm-hmm. Because in order to do those things, you need to come up with an idea to begin with. Exactly. And that's where you know everything comes from an idea. So in one of your Instagram posts, mm. uh, you have a photo of a letter. Yeah. And you speak about looking into memories of past and present and moments you've missed and new ways of connecting. Could you possibly mm-hmm. elaborate on that a bit more and what, what yeah, you meant? Cool. Uh, so that was actually during lockdown, um, which was a time when I was, I was finishing my project for, at the end of second year. Um, and you know again like I was saying it was a time when I was just like I wasn't really thinking about the work I was making which was so exciting because it was like it was just kind of I'll do that I'll do this you know I was photographing a lot of archival images from family albums photo albums um I was becoming quite you know obsessive about the space 
these people are in, in these images things are remembered you know like oh rediscovering things memories um and i received a letter from my second cousin glim my my mom's cousin who i'm really close to and and his partner linda and it just really just kind of i don't know it just like resonated with me this letter because I, I'd, I'd received a bit of cake of it as well. So I, obviously I ate the cake first, <laughs> read this letter. And I'd been looking at a picture of my granddad, it, which is one of the second photos in, in that series. And he, to me, kind of, I didn't know my granddad, so Glyn kind of represents that figure to me. And yeah, that, it just kind of was exploring these new ways of, of how we're communicating in lockdown. You know, I was receiving these letters, I was looking at old photos and kind of, I had a, a picture from, uh, Margate that my brother had sent me so it was collecting and collating all that information together to create some sort of language of lockdown communication I suppose you know feeling connected in a time when obviously we weren't able to physically be with each other um, and just kind of reflecting on that I suppose um, yeah that was yeah, yeah. How, how did you find making work you know, because I'm aware that many creatives found it, you know, some found it immensely difficult creating words during lockdown and some, it was quite, quite easy and it allowed them to focus on things that were more important. So in, in kind of in your opinion, mm -hmm. how, what was it like creating work during lockdown? Well, I actually found it really, I mean, it was just uh, me and my mum in the house because um, I moved back home. And I just found it really exciting because, again, like I said, I didn't really have a plan with any of it. And I was just like, luckily, you know, I, I do struggle with my anxiety and, you know, past mental health kind of stuff. So, but I was lucky enough to kind of be in a really good place during lockdown. So I, I was like, right, I'm going to utilise this energy that I have. <laughs> You know, I was like shocked. I was like, oh, I've got this energy. Where's this coming from? But like, you know, it was, that was so exciting. And I really enjoyed it. And there was just something about, you know, I'd go, it was like clockwork. I'd wake up, you know, I'd come down, do a bit of work. And, you know, I know for some people that wasn't kind of the same thing happening to them, but I, yeah, I was lucky enough to make work. Just going out on these walks, you know, taking in that information, having conversations with my mom, having conversations with my friends still, um receiving these letters it, it all was kind of in this kind of orb circle of, of communication that I was just trying to you know find then in my archival imagery and trying to link that together and and kind of make sense of these conversations and that you know it was probably just me being able to create this kind of massive distraction from the fact we were in lockdown <laughs> um it worked I suppose so I, I found it actually quite easy not well not easy not easy but I found it you know I was able to find this kind of creative output during lockdown yeah and how do you think you know going into a second lockdown now mm -hmm. do you feel like you you're going to be the same person that you were when you were you know going through the first lockdown at home with your mom in comparison to now being at uni well I already feel like you know a different person to that time because we're always changing you know I think we're, we're always our, our ways of approaching work are, are different 
throughout the year throughout as the years go on you know um I've already learned more since then that I didn't you know know and I'm also going to be in a different situation and be at my um I'm at my uni house so I'm with my housemates so I'm quite excited in a way to see what I will be making and and how I'm going to use that space and those conversations with them to make work so it's going to be different but I'm trying not to kind of like compare the two because it's it's a different thing mm-hmm. kind of like we're going to talk a bit more up some more but we're going to talk some ah Jesus we're going to talk about some editing um yeah. but it kind of links with what you're saying yeah so how do you find your own photography style and what mm. do you think about while you're editing I use I mean what I'll do is I'll should I just talk through my process of, of how I edit maybe yeah sure I I don't massively I don't I've just started cropping images on archival imagery but my compositions is something when I'm taking photos that I really focus on in in through my camera so I try not to crop or uh, zoom into images and make new, you know, that's just not what I do. I, I'm very composition based because again, that obsession with form and space, I like lines and I like it to be kind of, you know, that that's what I'm looking at when I'm taking the picture. Um, but, you know, I do work, I've worked with digital and film. So, but I do prefer working with film just because I mean the process is just it feels more natural to me and it feels more rewarding I I suppose it's just a whole different thing um but I'm very I'm not sure I'm quite simple to be honest when it comes to that I don't I don't heavily edit images I don't really mainly because I don't really know (laughs) if I'm being (laughs) honest I don't really know how to edit images so a lot of the ones I actually upload the last post on Instagram I didn't edit because I I don't know I just haven't haven't really got round to the knack of doing it I suppose so yeah that's it because <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm in not saying know, that this... no, not saying they're amazing on their own that yeah is. I know yeah I do I do edit my images of course I do you know but not not really <laughs> I'm so bad at contradicting myself yeah you know, you know, I, I I do edit them but, but not really so yeah. you know I'm stuck in the middle yeah I, I, I do I do crop and I do you know put a black and white filter on but I'm, I don't sit there and retouch or or airbrush or do much of that I do sometimes but not really <laughs> yeah the, 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 there's no wrong or right answer because I'm I'm yeah, exactly in the same position as you I, this is I, where I usually am I'm usually on there yeah. I do sometimes but not really with pretty much everything in my life so <laughs> I'm always just I'm always in that middle section right there yeah because I only recently, I would say, when I say recently, I mean towards the end of my third year, is that that's when I started to edit properly. Because yeah, yeah, I, I just, I, similar to you, I, I, part of me also hated editing. I'm like, if I know I'm taking a good photo, I don't need to edit. And a lot of the time, I didn't edit because I was like, my photo. This is exactly how I kind of. What class is editing though? Do you retouching or brightness contrast? Or... I, uh, I, I do, yeah, yeah. I, I do, you know, the brightness, contrast, you know, uh, you know, kind of the basic stuff. Yeah. But sure. I'd always feel quite overwhelmed when I did the complicated stuff because a lot of the stuff I'd forget because you you know the course how in first year they can you can have learn everything, mm-hmm. and then over the years you have to 
like kind of re-educate yourself about because you forget yeah yeah <laughs> unless you're constantly doing it you won't forget right, yeah but yeah. because I wasn't always doing it I'd always... I think you'd be really worried as well I'd blow up an image and and you'd you'd just see this like blurred patch from where I've forgotten <laughs> to like sort it out you know what I mean so I'd just be like well I'm just not gonna bother because it's just gonna it's just gonna come out and it's just you know I think it's probably a it's probably a laziness to be honest but I don't actually feel like I need to so I suppose yeah because because some may argue that we're, we're, you know, we're not saying that it's not important to edit. Obviously, it's it's, it's important, and oh, we should be doing yeah. it. But yeah. sometimes it's not necessary. Well, it, again, it's whether it comes into your process or not. I'm mm-hmm. sitting here from the point of view where it's not something that I'm like always focusing on. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to use or focus on it in the future. You know, I don't know where I'm going to be. I could I could heavily get into editing, and I don't know just create art from editing <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't know you don't know it's part is whether it's part of your process or not I think that's the thing um which is fine there's no right or wrong again you know it's, it's whether you want to use it in your work whether it makes an image or whatever I don't know whatever floats your boat I suppose <laughs> <laughs> mm. and uh, you know because but I, I know that you're a, a big music fan and you enjoy listening to music I, you know I, I don't know exactly what music you like listening to but th- this leads everything. on to my next question everything. anything with a sound wave yeah anything <laughs> I don't know love music it what? it's something that I'd always wanted to try and bring into my work but I just have no idea how and actually I'm quite content with it being separate because they kind of egg each other on you know I listen to music a lot when I'm doing my work um, in fact, I'd say it goes far to say it's like one of the most important things when I'm working is, is my music, because it, again, is one of those things that creates a mood and changes a space and an environment. And I get so much out of it. I think it's one of the first things that I just got so much out of when I was younger. I think people used to think I would listen to really weird music. I remember in school, like, oh, God, you listen to weird things. You know, <laughs> Tyre Cruz or like. Jason Derulo back on the year <laughs> nine like LG Cookie you know <laughs> so but it, it yeah I think um yeah it, it's so important for me so important as a just as a therapeutic thing really and, and what, what would you say like I don't know for, set the scenario you're, you're, you're editing photos and what is the song you're listening to Ooh. um interesting i i'd probably go for like some electron is a duo called boards of canada that are really good i mean they were around in the 90s and i like listening to that that's quite like synthesized electronic music or i mean it could be anything could be you know because because i'm i'm sure you're aware no, yeah. it's, like, it's like that classic thing it's like name your favorite album yeah right? it's like you um can't. you can't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it really depends. If I'm, I don't, I can listen to any sort of genre and do work, I'd say. I really can. Could be jazz, could be a bit of jazz, could be, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure I'd listen to metal doing my work, I'm not gonna lie, but anything that's melodic. I love melodic, really melodic, thought out process, process music. Like, uh, yeah, 
So that's quite, a, you know, a wide span of music. And, and do you feel like ha having having quite a broad the kind of like range or variety of having like a broad music taste do you feel like that has helped you to create work uh, yeah because I feel like it it definitely made me a creative early on because I actually used to I used to play the drums um oh, I see. yeah this I mean this is a long time ago I, I can't say I'm any good like I, I really wanted to be a drummer. It was everything I ever wanted. You know, Dave Grohl. I was like, wow, like this is so cool. Um, because I have two older brothers, so I think I've always just been, you know, quite not boyish, but like I've always been like, oh yeah, like to be quite grungy. And um, that was when I was going through quite like you know anxious times. You're 14. You're like, you know, all over the the bloody shop to be honest. And I was using that as an outlet and that definitely then, you know, I stopped, but it translated into then getting into art and, and photography practice. So yeah, they, de they definitely fuel each other, you know? This is, it's all coming out. I didn't even know this. This is quite, yeah. <laughs> this is. Yeah, sorry, uh, no pre-warning. <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. I think, uh, you yeah. know, through just talking, we, we've uncovered some, some hidden talents that you, that you, that you, mm -hmm. That you, you had or you still I, have. I don't know if you call it a talent though, because I'm not well, sure. Well, you, yeah. you know, you used to play an instrument and I... Yeah, yeah. My, but... my, my family, you know, are quite musical. My, my brother's incredible on guitar. Um, you know, my dad's really good on guitar. We, it's just in our family. We love music. But we're quite low-key about it. I don't think we really... We don't do this thing all the time where we're like, oh, have you listened to this? We keep our own music to ourselves. But, you know, one, one of my brothers loves 80s you know loves Duran Duran and I'm just thinking <laughs> I remember listening to it on a plane like this is sick what the hell is this you know it's like Rio or something it's just all these different kind of things that drop in you know um but it, it you know it is important to talk about because it actually is one of the most important things in my life you know so there we go do you feel like you would ever get back into drumming at some point in your life maybe 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 I don't know we'll see Again, I'd, ha I'd have to stop being lazy about it and get back into it, probably. <laughs> I think I've sold my drum kit, you know. Well, I'm a student. It's hard times. It's hard times. I, 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 I can relate being a student as well, because you have... Yeah, sometimes being a student, it can feel like you have kind of no time on your hands because you're constantly studying and constantly working towards a deadline. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to incorporate your own kind of personal joys through that yeah it, it's like a visual countdown i suppose mm -hmm. i do i do visualize it sometimes but then it quick i quickly try and erase that from my head like a little clock you know so yeah no it's, it's hard to find time because you're also you know that's the thing it's not even about necessarily finding time because what you're doing is what you love right and i do genuinely love what i do so the reading part of it and stuff i'm luckily you know I'm lucky to enjoy it um so but then also it would it is sometimes hard to just like read something or you know watch something when you are trying to study but just just for yourself you know separate from that that situation mm -hmm. uh, I spend a lot of time just watching videos live videos <laughs> a lot of time but that's that's something that I do to wind down I think but I, you know, again, like it's still informing me. It's I'm still learning from that. So 
that's something that I recognise and find quite interesting. So we've reached the part of the the episode where it's, we're on the last we're on the hard questions now. So yeah, there you go. Um, you know they're not massively hard, but like, you know one of them is hard. The the one I sent you yesterday. Am I going to need a drink for it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shots all round. You know? Shots all round. Yeah. <laughs> so, h- how realistic is it for you to pursue a career in photography? Um, from my point of view. Yeah. Uh, something I try not to think about too much because I don't want to scare myself. I think it's realistic enough if you want to do it right and you're going to put in the effort. If I'm going to put in the effort, which I think I was such a lazy bugger, but now I'd say I'm way more um, motivated and organised. Organisation has been a key for me and I feel like it's unlocked a part of me that I'm like, oh, you know, that that gets me to where I want to be, right? So I think I think it's realistic enough. I don't want to just be a photographer. So I want to try out as many things as I can so to be honest it's realistic in the sense that as long as you know I keep trying new opportunities then I'm just learning something new every time you know if I'm not going in with just kind of this thing like I want to be a photographer it's like I want to do this but I also want to do that and I want to do this you know Mm -hmm. so you're in in a sense you're quite loose with with what you wanted because because I know at, you know when we spoke yesterday you said how you, you kind of see yourself as a visual artist mm-hmm. and not necessarily you know even though you're studying a photography course it doesn't necessarily mean you want to become a photographer yeah well that that's it I think and that's something now that I'm realizing I'm like I don't want to do, you know actually I, I think I realized that in first year I just thought you know the foundation I was like I'm, I'm doing lens-based media and did a very lens-based project, you know, very photography-based project, sorry. And mm-hmm. I then, first year, was doing all these drawings and paintings with my work, and then second year as well, I was bringing in, like, archival imagery or abstract shots. So now I'm in third year, I think I'm focusing more on just abstract imagery. So it's it's just evolving into something else, and I don't know where I'm going to be next year, but I don't think it's working necessarily within directly the photographic world I'm open to anything that is creative you know I'm I'm want to explore as much as I can about my own you know creative interests so whether that be curation that's something that I I love and I'm interested in um you know working alongside artists I don't know I don't know what it is yet but I know that I'm gonna you know I want to try things out and just keep my options open really uh, and, and this is a two-part question. Okay. Um, how do you gain creative self-confidence and stop questioning your abilities as a visual artist? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to lie, because I do definitely... I mean, my housemates could tell you. I definitely question my creative abilities. I think everyone does. You know, you'd be lying if you didn't, really. Um, because... I don't know if you question them in the sense of what, I mean, yeah, you probably do what other people think, but there is a sense, again, it's coming back to that thing of questioning whether you're doing enough. But I think trying to turn that on its head and just work, right, when you feel like working, or not working, create when you feel like creating, because it's not a job. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not a chore, is it? So 
I've, I've gone on off on a tangent. I can't even remember what I was answering, really. Um, well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can. I, I was the next question I was going to ask you is, you know, have you ever doubted yourself? Hundred percent, yeah. And and, and how, how did you get over that self self doubt? Um, I think once I started to become more comfortable with the fact that, like, I am, I work in an abstract way, and realised that I'm not necessarily da 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 portrait photographer or you know, in one sector. Once I realised that I was working in more of an abstract way, that's when I started to be like, no, like your work is saying something to you here that you've just got to try and work out. You know, it's like a code. I'm like trying to work out what I'm trying to explore. Why, why am I interested in that, you know? So I think that's when the self-doubt started to kind of go. It's, it's, it comes back every, you know, it's, it's, it's always there. But I think that's what pushes you then to create more because you're, you want to know it, that's part of it. I think they link together, that self-doubt and that, that, that kind of process and drive, I think. Um, yeah. And what would you say drives your passion? Like, what, what kind of motivates you to keep you going? Um, just, like, wanting to learn more, learn as much as I can. I think, like I said, where I wasn't kind of, I didn't love academia. Now I, it's, like, the opposite, which is just so bizarre. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, become obsessive about it. I'm like, what? Like, why didn't I have this years ago? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I would have done so much better. But that definitely drives me. I think I'm just always just wanting to just learn and, and just take on new information and learn from other people as well. You know, it's so cool seeing what other people do, you know, seeing what my friends make and and taking away from that. I just think, yeah, you, you the, there's so much to see, you know, so just you just want to take it all in. It's, yeah. What, what's some advice you would give to someone who kind of wants to do what you want to do at the moment? I think just like go for it because you can't really lose anything. Um, sorry, two seconds in. Mum, could you go in the other room? Just with finishing in 10 minutes. <laughs> sorry, Liam. That's all right. I'll get you to ask that question again if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so what's some advice you would want to give to someone who kind of wants to do what you want to do? Um, just to go for it, because I think you, you know, as a, you, I think if you can have that support behind you, it's helpful, but you're not losing anything in this time doing it. I think take as much as you can from the government <laughs> um, and just just roll with it. I think it's important for our mental health, for our well-being to do something we love. And especially in a time now, where it is more widely available to us. I think people are more, you know, likely to do it. So just, yeah, just go for it, I suppose. Just, you know, everything people put out, puts everything that people put out creatively, you know, helps us develop as, as humans and, and change language, you know, language and conversation. So just go for it and get, you know, your work together, get kind of an idea of what you like and, and roll with it, I suppose. I'm not very specific. I'm very um, kind of all over the place with that, mm -hmm. you know, but just, just go for it. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned before quite a lot about kind of your, your personal life and the kind of personal elements of your work. Mm -hmm. 
but when was the first time you remember realizing that you were a creative person? Um, um, interesting. Probably around um, 14, 15. I'm making, remember making, obviously I was listening to a lot of music and I was listening, I was making, sorry, some like really crazy art at school. I remember like crazy stuff, like collages with like, like I don't know, I don't even I can't even describe it to you I was like cutting up images of my friends and I remember putting it into a, a painting that I'd drawn of myself and collaging it together so it was it was me with all my friends collaged on me <laughs> like and I remember thinking it was so cool you know because I, I thought my friends are really cool that I mean they were cool but to me they were um so that was probably the first time and I was like yeah this is like interesting because I'm I'm not thinking about anything negative or I wasn't feeling anxious when I was doing it so that was a real output for me you know and and that was a saving grace if I'm being honest finding this output for me changed the way I feel with my anxiety I don't know what I'd be like without it you know um because it's me and it and it's me and it shapes the way I learn from the world if that makes sense yeah hmm and, and would you say there's a particular someone or, you know, like just, just someone you're, you're, that you, you've gained all your inspiration from who has kind of kept you going all these years and mm. kind of like who inspires you basically in a sense? I've got so many incredible people in my life who inspire me. You know, I've been, I've been lucky enough just to have such great friends, you know, obviously, uh, my mom is such a driving force in my life. She always let me do what I wanted, even when I was a little shit, you know, like, she would <laughs> go and do what you want to do. Cause I think, well, she just wanted me to be happy, you know, cause again, that's what that's about. But yeah, she, she's arguably been the person who I've like, you know, always supported what I've done and just having like, you know, people be excited about your work around you and like things they're doing and, them, she, you know, my mum does pottery and stuff, so that's cool, you know, like having, seeing her make stuff. So yeah, it, that, they're kind of, she's kept me going and, you know, other people kept me going, my other family members and, and my partner as well, he, he's a creative. So yeah, I think I've taken a lot from, from that. I've always been able to just roll with it. And I'm so grateful for that because I know some families might be a bit like, oh, creative subject, like what's the point in studying it? You know, I've never had any of that. It's always been encouraged to just like explore, paint, whatever, you know, just go for it. And then which of your accomplishments would you want to be remembered for? No, I'm not, I'm not, not talking about like, you know, I'm not saying you're dead or something like that. I'm just, just in general. <laughs> Um, um, I, I feel like they're yet to come, to be honest. Can I say that? Yeah. I no, you can, can, you can say that. Yeah. yeah. I can say that. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm ready for the next things that come after third year and I'm sure there'll be lots of, I'm have lots of accomplishments already, but not necessarily creatively. Um, projects that I'm working on, things I'm working Every time I suppose I make a bit of work, that's a little accomplishment, you know, because mm -hmm. I've been able to overcome anxiety or, you know, things in the past. And that that's that's an accomplishment. But I don't know if I want to be remembered for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think they're yet to come. The ones hopefully yet to come, you know, they're out there, maybe. They're in there. 
manifested out there in the in the universe. Well, well, what I'll do in a few years in a few years later, I'll, I'll ask you the same yeah. question again. Yeah, and I might have the same answer. So yeah, <laughs> might have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's it's time for the difficult question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, should we have a drum roll? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> what is the ultimate message in your creative expressions? Um, you know, I think the message. There's no ultimate message. I think, to be honest, I think the message is created when I'm creating as I go along, mm -hmm. because every single expression I have is arguably different depending on the work I'm making. So there's no, you know, there's no like necessarily one deeper message that links them all together. I feel like maybe the deeper message is just creating i don't know you know but for me i'm i'm making those messages as i'm creating so they change all the time they change all the time you know um there's no one i think because then i'd just be kind of on a loop i think making the same work you know yeah no i understand mm. that mm. but yet yeah. so, you know, there's there's so many different messages not even yeah. there to get into them, really. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, we've we've made it to the last question. Oh wow. Um, what what's next for you? Um. Well, I've got I'm finishing third year, so that's really exciting. Um, lots of work is what's next for me to do. <laughs> um, then you know, we've got some exciting things coming up we've got we'll have the graduation show and all of that um and then hopefully i've got i've got some work in a gallery so that's exciting at the end of the year mm -hmm. and i'll be able to be curating and um yeah helping out in the gallery with all the different things so i'm really lucky to have that lined up with that experience you know because it's basically everything i want to do i want to curate and all of that so that that's kind of what's next for me and then just kind of just seeing where I'm at I'd like to kind of you know if I can travel around for a bit and and do a bit of work and yeah that's it that's that's what I've got lined up I think just just being open to anything that comes to me is what's next to me I think obviously being proactive I want to have things lined up but you know with the gallery space I'm hoping I can kind of move on to something next with that you know maybe collaborative work with people I'd be interested in doing that. I'm always open to that. Um, yeah. And, and and so yeah, this part of the show or the episode, we kind of I kind of do this thing where I, it's kind of like an open mic. So th this is an opportunity for you to like kind of talk about any upcoming projects, projects you're currently working on, or kind of just general words of inspiration you want to say to the mm. viewers listening. Okay. No pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some, I'm working on my sort of final year project, which is looking at um, human interaction in spaces. So that's something that's exciting and hoping that that's going to realise itself as a full project in the end. So that's something that I want to take through and into next year um, and hopefully continue as well. You know, for me, these when I work on projects, they are 
to somewhat open-ended. I never feel like they're a closed book. I like coming back to them. And I think, you know, that's something that I think everyone should kind of have. You know, you like create your own photo book or whatever. And yeah, it's like a closed thing, but like you're still always, for me anyway, thinking about those ideas and things you could have added. I suppose that's like part of the process, but I think, um, yeah, that's exciting. I've got that kind of project to kind of work on. I think just like, you know, I, I don't have much to say really. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I do. I have loads to You've say. Had, well, you know, we've been talking for two hours. You have loads to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have loads to say. But I think just, you know, just got to go for it. Go, You know, just especially now in lockdown, well, we're going into this new lockdown. I think it's really important to be there for each other, obviously, and be checking up on each other and just and just try and you know inspire each other I suppose that that that's going to be my words of wisdom just just have conversations and try and you know have create new ideas for each other every day there you go that's that's what that's what I'll say I'm happy with that thank you <laughs> no worries well thank you Mimi you know if we, you, we've reached the end yeah it was, it was lovely thank you for having me on yeah, if, if you would like to see more of Mimi's work, please check out her Instagram page, which is Mimi Spendiff Photo. And if you'd also like to possibly collaborate with Mimi, um, please email her at mimispendiff at gmail.com. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll put the, I'll like tag you in the, the post I do coming up. Um, Sounds good. But yeah, thank, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's been, it's been actually, it's been great. It's been, it's been great to have a chat finally Liam finally yeah <laughs> be nice to chat thank you um but yeah thanks for, thanks for joining us everyone thank you